and welcome to Starter Set. My name's still Ed Sylvester, this is still Sam Bradley. And welcome to the show that takes you deeper into the pages of Dungeons and Dragons. Sam, mm -hmm. how you doing mate? Listen, listen, I know that we have started to communicate via uh, the sending spell. Yeah. I've got to be honest, the 25 words limit uh -huh. is making things difficult. Mm -hmm. Now, the last point you said to me was Ed, and then you said Ed 23 or 4 times, and then said, I've got a big announcement, and then the last, and it just dissipated. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know what the announcement was, man. Like, can you just tell me what it is now? I can tell you what it is now. The upload limit is an issue, which is one of the reasons we do have this announcement coming out, if you will. Um, so, we teased it a couple of weeks ago that we had something pretty big planned and seen as it's a couple of weeks away and we're really stoked and don't really want to keep it on the back burner anymore. We are signing up to be part of the Robox Radio Network, which is a really big podcast network that puts out some really amazing shows. You can find them on Twitter. Um, you can find all their shows on Twitter and we're going to be a part of that, which for you as the listener means very little right now, but as next year, 2021 progresses, you're going to be seeing a lot more stuff from Starter Set. We're going to have a couple of new spin-off shows. We're going to have some video content on YouTube. We're going to have more installments, probably longer installments of the regular starter set show. We're really excited. We can't wait to take you on this journey with us because obviously it's a real labor of love. We're a couple of episodes away from a hundred sort of legit episodes, not including the Campaign Chronicles. Um, yeah, it's really great. We're really made up and we much love to the people at the network who are really taking a chance on us and giving us the scope to do a lot more stuff. Ultimately, for all you people, listening so if you've listened from the beginning or you're a new listener thank you because without you this wouldn't be possible and as a way of thanking you we're going to bring you loads more great stuff in the new year so that's what's going on at start us at hq and we've been sat on that for a couple of weeks and it's been really difficult to not just geek out about it um so from everyone here to you 2021 is going to be a hell of a year if you're a starter set fan. Oh, yeah, baby! <laughs> um, yeah, that is exciting. And you know what? Even as we have said that, we couldn't have done it without you. It's quite literal. Uh, the reason why we got picked up is because one starter set fan out there responded to a tweet and said, hey, this is a DD d show that I liked. And that started the whole thing. So, guys, yeah. listeners, people with earlobes and ears... Thank you. Uh, Thank let's you. crack into the show. So we are still... Tasha's. Thank you. We are still looking at uh, Tasha's cauldron of... Oh my gosh, it's only bloody everything. Um, this week, however, <laughs> we're going to take a little bit of a deep dive into the group patrons chapter. This is by far my favourite chapter of the book. I'm going to go out there and say it. I do like the new subclasses, maybe because of obviously the unearthed arcana stuff that we've talked about before that was a little bit lost on me that said the group patrons thing is one of those chapters i read and i was like standardizing this makes 
all kinds of sense for players and DMs. To start with for players, it's like the age old question, why am I here? It answers that. And you know, why is my character in this place? Why is why is he or she or they meeting these new why are they here, these other characters? And it's just something again, it's a recurring theme with Tasha's. I can't believe this hasn't been done before. You know? Yeah, categorically. This chapter, and I love it because as I mentioned when we first did the little sort of should you buy, shouldn't you buy review, this chapter is fantastic. What it does now and, and since we've dug into it a little more, there's two points I'm going to make here. So number one, what it does, first time DM, it gives you a fantastic uh, template to get your players doing a thing because of a stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is it. That's number one. Number two, DMs, strap up your belts, hold on to your socks, because what it allows you to do is... If you run through this chapter three or four times and you build out these different group patrons who don't and then basically go, yeah, I'm not going to link them to the party, but they are going to exist within the world. Yeah, exactly. What you're doing there is world building, just just pure and simple. And, and it gives you a fantastic way to just go, oh, crap, I've done this like... 10 times and now I've got a full rich city with several different organizations all sort of moving around each other and all you have to then do after doing that you know x many times is sit there and go okay how do these guys feel about each other and you've made your first city or you know second city if you've realized that actually you've you know if you guys have figured this out yourself which hey you're smart people me and Sam, we're not necessarily the smartest guys in the world. We just like talking into a microphone. It is useful, though, as as someone that has had to do that one shot into a campaign and sort of make things that were only supposed to throw away or be throw away suddenly big corners and story arcs and things to, to hinge character development on. This kind of thing would have been an absolute blessing for me a few months ago, to be quite honest. Yes, categorically. Um... So, what we're going to do today is we're going to take a little, a little bit of a roller coaster ride through the chapter, um, and we're going to see how far we get. We're going to smash out a few different uh, patrons for your crew, right? The nice mm -hmm. thing is with each of these patrons, patrons. That sounds like it's a weird painters guild. Patrons. I like that though. The painters I'm guild. Thinking on that, yeah, that's <laughs> really cool. <laughs> well, we had the painters painted king last week, right? So. Yes, we did. There we go. We've got a full hierarchy of the Painter's Guild. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. This is becoming something else. I think we might have to lock this down. Um, anyway, yes. The Painter's Guild. Yes, the Painter's Guild. Um, not the Painter's Guild. What am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no. We're going to basically take a roller coaster ride through these uh, patrons, have a look at what they do for you, figure out a few of them, um, and basically, we're going to discover it Whilst we discover it, you discover it with us. So, Sam, Yo. would you like to introduce the people of the world? Because our listenership is that of the entire world now. To your first patron. Okay, so the first patron type that Tasha's uh, Cauldron of Everything recommends is the Academy. Now, you get a few options here about what kind of Academy this might be. Ranging from boarding school, 
right through to like an elite institute or a secret monastery. These options play very well with different uh, classes, subclasses of character. I have gone for an option, option five, the Vault of Secrets. And this is basically your players maybe are or probably aren't aware that they're protecting something either very dangerous or very corrupt. And they have drunk the Kool-Aid, as it were, and they work on behalf of it. At least for the beginning. Now, <laughs> once you've picked your uh, patron type, <clears throat> excuse me, you can then pick a patron perk. This is something that basically it can be gold or it can be other stuff because variety is the spice of life. So there's a couple, there's compensation, there's uh, resources, there's training as we discussed I think last week about training or changing your subclass, that could be quite useful. But I think the kind of people who are gonna be attracted to this academy or uh, this vault of secrets rather, type organization are going to be what I've affectionately put in my notes and called them law whores which is people who <laughs> want to know as much as they can about as much as they can we're thinking your Caleb Widogasts in critical role the people who are like is there a bookstore everywhere you go is there a bookstore I want to read I want to read I want to read yes that would probably be your reward because as I've said these kind of players are probably in this for that so make sure you have a really rich world created next up you can pick a contact so this is someone that your group will when they turn up for work basically this is the person who clocks them in you know uh, pay attention 007 that kind of thing here's what you're going to do this week yeah um, love a good Q character yeah definitely so you get a few different options for the uh, this kind of academy um, you can get the Spectral Fragment, which is quite cool. It's like a haunted piece of the Academy's collection, so it's like a floating book or something. Ooh, like, I like that. Right. I've chosen to go for, given what we said about you're on, on behalf of something really dangerous or really corrupt and you don't quite know it going in, I've gone for the option the Distant Observer. So we're thinking here like a Palpatine figure, if you're going very corrupt, or maybe... Uh, yeah. Knew it. Do it. Or Do maybe it. a Nick Fury <laughs> figure if you're doing something that's dangerous and powerful, but this person sits back and sees it for what it is, and maybe they see your group of players as, oh, okay, maybe these are the group to finally change the status quo. You know? You also get or, or go on. the fall guys. If we're oh, talking about that corrupty it. side. They are the full guys, right? They're, yeah, go and do all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Glad I'm, I got them to do that because now everybody's going, God, those guys are uh, idiots. Yeah. And then you can move that on from that guild contact or potentially you spend the time working back against the guild itself. Yeah. Within the guild. Oh, there's lots of twisty wires and things here. Do you remember the quest for the dark brotherhood in oblivion if you played that through you did end up taking dead drop messages and being tricked into killing off like important members of the dark brotherhood and then your handler yes. catches up with you he's like what the fuck are you doing and you're like i'm just following orders and he's like oh idiot everyone's dead <laughs> sent me and you <laughs> <laughs> i do i do remember that it's quite a, it's, it's a lovely little turnaround yeah really That's quite nice actually a little bit corruption within that guild too because it's because of the nature of the academy, 
mm-hmm. and what that is you know we're talking you know we're talking monasteries or or big libraries or schools it's you know it's hogwarts on magical crack mm-hmm. um there's a lot of closed doors and shared secrets and trading of secrets and things like that could potentially be yeah. more of a currency there and that's mm-hmm. that's the law that you learn as well which links into that whole you don't get paid mm-hmm. in gold you get paid in books and you could have that moment where you, you know oh no actually i was reading that tome and i rolled a 30 on investigation oh well then you're going to find that secret page at the back that actually says you know all the books in this library are handpicked by the master and they all suit this chosen mythology that actually might be bullshit <laughs> you know? yes i do that's my academy anyway no that's lovely um what you got eduardo so i'm gonna start about halfway through basically i'm doing the back end of them back end of what we have here to work with the patrons which means that i start with a guild now i like guilds primarily because they can make they can take or make anything that's relatively mundane to you and me sam like like paint uh exactly like paint uh books um bread milk right and they can make it really extreme because what you have as a guild patron is well first of all the nice thing is is it brings in the uh guild member background um that you can choose as a player and it makes it really, right. really, really um, obvious and worthwhile doing because you you literally, you're there and then. And probably if you're going to do this as a DM and this is your start of the game, give everybody that player background and link them to that guild. Okay? Yeah, for sure. And nothing's funnier than having a barbarian milkman. Um, <laughs> which I'm going to run with. I'm actually going to run through this, this, this milkman guild because you'd be surprised, mm-hmm. right? So, okay. So there's that, right? So we've got this milkman guild. What sort of things are you going to see? Who's the head honcho? Obviously, the head honcho is a giant. The sacred cow. Yes, it's a giant fey cow, who's just like, what do you want? Strawberry Love yogurt? It. Just pull on the the left left back right teat. Boom, strawberry yogurt straight out of there, and then that's that's your dairy, right? Like okay, it. so that's that's your your head honcho or or head um, bovine, for whatever that is. Mm-hmm. What they want you to do, right? So now this is oh, actually, do you know what? Let's go with what do you get being part of the guild? Number one, as many free dairy products as you want, so you're always going to be able to eat. <laughs> so heart disease is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but only like after 20 years of service. You know, in the meantime, you never have to buy milk again. Mm-hmm. Which it, which is a massive time saver. Um, it is a time saver. I could have been, I could have used being a member of this guild about half six this morning. You're quite right. Yeah, exactly. That's that's always the thing you run out of is milk. Mm-hmm. And butter. Yeah, you're right. Oh god, this is sound. This, it is. This is waterproof. <laughs> right. So let's get on to the sort of things that you would do for these guys, right? And and these I'm going to use this as a generic. Um, you're part of the guild. What do you want to do? The easiest one is put the competition out of business okay which is an option in tashes isn't it yeah it is it's from it's from one of the um, the guild quests the rollable things that you can do go and do this put them out of business in whichever way shape or form or 
which I quite like, basically go and infiltrate and research what they're doing so that we can, um, you know, copy that, which then starts to bring in your sort of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory kind of vibes. Like, imagine, yes, imagine you're, like that. you know, you've gone over to Cadbury's or Hershey's uh, for us, you, you Americanas, um, mm -hmm. and you go, go and infiltrate Willy Wonka's factory. What an amazing experience as an adventure that is going to be. Fantastic. Because we... Or you can stack them and do quests around it, and you can just keep mentioning this other factory. The Guild of Tea. The Guild of Tea. The Guild of Tea are amazing. The Guild of Tea... Just, fuck, I really want to get in there. Maybe they try and get in there, but they fuck it up because they roll way too low because the, the DC, the save, is really high. And then finally, we want you all to sneak into the Guild of Tea and strike an alliance or, you know, burn down all the plans. It's all good. I think this is, and links really nicely with, with these guild things because primarily, right, if you go into a guild, they're looking to generate a resource or generate a thing that makes money. You're not going to typically have a standing, you know, set of guards or anything like that. Yes, you've probably got some minor security, but nothing that you really have mm. to deal with. But what happens here is you start seeing the puzzles come into play. Yes. You know what I mean? Get through this, get through this lockpick, uh, get through this, I don't know, bread bin. <laughs> That's not what that's not what it would be. Yeah, it's the Charlie. It, I'll, I'll go back to my previous statement. The Charlie and Chocolate Factory. All of the kids get messed up by what are ultimately D and D yeah. traps. Uh, and the sins, they're seven deadly sins, isn't it? They play to their weaknesses. You have a thief put something that looks very valuable and looks incredibly easy to steal, but obviously isn't. Yes, it's the it's the stickiest um, taffy diamond jewel that you can possibly get. And then the thief goes up and goes, "I'll get this." hands on and then oh no stuck. my hands are stuck to this and it would appear that i've set off the alarm and now the room is heating up slowly but sure dude love yeah. it that's really great uh what, what have you got up next sammy boy i am gonna go with the ancient being now there's a few good ones there's a few kind of classic ones i would say so you can you know there's a dragon you can serve a lich a bound fiend a guardian celestial but there's also a really interesting one called the Endless. And this is someone who has lived many lifetimes simply because they cannot die. And I thought, well, this sounds fun. What if the Endless One was a crime boss that can't die? Now, they have to recruit people because they've been alive 700 to 1,000 years committing crimes. Prisons have rotted around them because they won't die of hunger but they can't go out because they have 700 years worth of unpaid bounties on their heads in every single city. So they have this huge criminal network, you know, this immortal crime boss. So obviously the reward would be like extra equipment, gold, strange gifts, that kind of thing. But I really like the idea of just having the contact be like loads of backroom dealers. So you'd have like loads of code phrases, loads of shady layers of management you could work your way up until you're eventually the right hand group if you will of the main person we don't say their name we don't say their name oh wow did you ever hear about that master thief that pulled off that job 300 years ago i heard that he was a member of this group did you hear about that assassin yeah she was a member of this and it's all the same person that's just like imagine if the elder wand was a was the kingpin yeah, right. I like this. This is this is this is Wolverine with 
uh, no moral high ground, right? A, like a mask and a striped jumper and a swag bag. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, sorry, this is Wolverine <laughs> with no moral high ground and also like an extra f- 10 points into intelligence. Definitely. Yeah. And I think one of the quests is that would be really great, and it, I picked it because it sounds fucking awesome, is called an Astral Heist, which is yes. just break, in, break into Azkaban and steal the mind gem or something like that. I left my favourite slippers last time I was in there. Go and get them. Oh, when, when were you last in there? Oh, only 400 years ago. Okay, <laughs> cool. Yeah, that seems reasonable. <laughs> But hey, man, you're getting paid with ancient laws and clever mm-hmm. tricks. You're gonna mm-hmm. do it. That's what I got. That's what I got for the endless one. It kind of infringes a little bit on criminal syndicate, so maybe we could drop that one. But I just really like the idea of a, an immortal crime boss who is just so wanted everywhere that he, they just can't go outside ever, and that's kind of why they recruit people. Yes, that does make sense. Next up, and this this one's really easy for you as DMs. Uh, I'm gonna be talking about the military all right so your patron is a member of the military probably high up you know we're talking general rick ross doesn't matter he'll he'll slap those akovia uh, accords on you and try and push you down some sort of story arc that you don't necessarily hey, want to hey, do hey <laughs> i was a fine part of my campaign and i stand by it as a useful to the story you will mind yourself no i do i did enjoy that um <laughs> And it did and it did give my character at that point a reason to not join. So here me and Sam were talking about an area where ultimately Sam, you basically you made you you did that. You made yourself a military, or when I say yourself, your NPC a military patron. And basically. Yeah, three quarters of the group were like, yeah, cool, we used to be coppers, now this is happening, things have escalated, let's get involved. One quarter of the group, uh, which was my character. Eric the Cleric was like, I wanted to retire two days ago and just go and preach to the masses. I don't want to be part of this. And that then resulted in a um, a very sort of, listen, you can go and retire, but we're always going to be keeping tabs on you because, you know, you've got some powers and stuff like that. And it was a big, you know, hoorah-rah of... Yeah, it was Civil War. It, it, was, it was Avengers Civil War mm-hmm. and... Even though it was a story that I've experienced because I've watched those films and read those comics, I was still like, this is great experiencing it. Yeah, that's, but, that's half the thing, isn't it? When anyone rips lore off, it's like, yeah, it, it is a rip-off, but your friends get to be in that movie. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it was brilliant, and I really enjoyed it. But let's roll it back a second. We'll go to the military force. Okay, so the military is by far the easiest way to do this. And the reason why, number one, is because it is strict. It is a, you report to your commanding officer, you do what your commanding officer says, Mm -hmm. even if you don't agree with it. So as a DM who you've sat down and you've had a conversation with your players and gone, yep, you've all got the military background, you're this, you're a private, you're a sergeant, which is also a fantastic thing to do, by the way. Give one of your players a rank up over the other and just see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, it's a great experience. Um, and then part of that, obviously, then links you to, right, military-grade weapons. Now, D&D is obviously a role-playing game. However, we obviously have to uh, address the fact that three-quarters of the game, not three-quarters, a third of the game is combat-based. And 
let's be fair, probably what most of the people who are playing are there for, to, mm -hmm. to you know, kick ass, take names, and I'm all out of names. So can I get a new flaming sword, please, military, from that secret military division that nobody talks about, but we all know that you've mm -hmm. got. It's in Area 53, because this is obviously a different world. <laughs> <laughs> S5. But you and that and there's your rewards and and nothing motivates players more than magical item. And and also nothing motivates players more than taking away their current magic items and going, you'll get this back when you do this. Mm -hmm. Um man, the military stuff is very, very easy to do because you go, here's the general, here's the captain, the captain will brief you, the general will be the one that kind of brings you on board and says you're going to work for us now, son. The captain will be the one that goes, here's the mission, go and do the mission, and here's a stick that will allow you to talk back to us when you've done the mission. Off yeah. you go. Yeah. It is It is the A to B, but that clarity sometimes is bloody useful, especially when you've got a new crew. Without Definitely. a doubt. Definitely. Yeah. I think, I think, and I've tried to keep that one short because of how simple it is, I think we've got time for one more. Sam, do you, want, do you want to smash one more? Yeah, I'll smash one more. I've gone with the aristocrat one. And this is quite a simple one as well. Um, basically, you can pick a kind of aristocrat, the local lord or the merchant mastermind, which kind of links in nicely with the guild we've already discussed. I've gone with the nomadic princeling, which is basically Ooh. someone who just trawls the land for treasures, might have some kind of nobility around them so they've got a fair bit of power they've got a fair bit of influence enough to be able to recruit you on a whim and go hey go and find me the weirdest most bizarre shit out there and have fun getting it bring it me back because twofold first of all people tend to like those swashbuckling indiana jones-esque campaigns and second of all eventually you're going to give them something to find that is so tempting they're going to keep it for themselves. And that spirals off yes. a whole new type of quest. I think the perks for this one could just be diplomatic immunity, luxury. Let's say you've spent two campaigns going through this shitty, horrible, dangerous tomb of annihilation-esque thing to mm -hmm. find the scepter. Find the scepter, bring it back. Guess what? Now we're going to have a session where you've all got a thousand gold each and this really nice hotel room. I mean, that, that's categorically what you do when you win the lottery. You know what Definitely. I mean? You go, right, we've won the lottery. Let's go and spend like a week in a hotel room drinking champagne and going, right, we're going to go from here to here to here to here to here and run around and, and, you know, that'll be our life. When I say here to here to here, by the way, I'm planning a world journey. Yeah, exactly. I think just... the contact could be the uh, sort of the professional, I think they call it in Tasha's, a sort of dry-witted Jeeves sort of meets Q-esque character pay attention Outriders you have to go to the tomb and yep. kill the queen and bring her the crown and you know that kind of thing or or a, a shadowy chap who kind of just delivers you a note he that wants, says he wants power because he knows this guy actually has lineage and if this guy actually does get on the throne it's going to be fucking chaos so he's actually pulling the strings oh I like that one too that's a lovely which, one which is actually it's actually one of the options for aristocrat quests it is the uh, lost lineage one number four yeah, yeah. one more from you no i'm not going to bring i'm not going to do another another one what i am going to do because you actually brought up something that i think is um necessary for dms to keep in mind right Ooh, okay 
Now this is obviously when you're part of a patron and you're doing things for somebody, you have to be aware or at least make in your mind consequences for them not doing it. At some point, your party will go, I don't think this is worth it anymore. Well, you know, what have we got? Just a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, a hundred, hundreds on hundreds ice creams. I'm out. I'm sick of ice creams. I don't want to work for this fake cow anymore. I'm, I'm out. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> but what happens when minotaurs, fey minotaurs turn up and go, look, the stock that you promised hasn't turned up. Now we're going to start breaking kneecaps. Yeah. That might be one thing, right? A, a very physical fight, combat sort of environment, which, you know, most parties can deal with. But again, if you start taking away people's powers or magic items, that's when that's when players start to go, ah, okay, all right, we've got to do this stuff now. We need to rectify Yeah, this, exactly. Yeah. And with that, let's bring the show to a close, Sam. Mm -hmm. As always, ladies and gents, um, do you know what? I'm not going to go into the whole spiel. I'm just going to say this. Listen, we've managed to get to where we have uh, being included in this network because of you, um, because of you listening and also because of you sharing. And hey, man, or lady, whoever's listening, if you have enjoyed the show, please just share it around Share the love and, you know, the love comes back to you. I think we need that at this moment in time. Um, that's, that's Ed Sylvester. I got a little bit deep then. See you next week. Goodbye. Do I need to scream gangy to lighten the load? Could do. Gangy!